Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look! Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. That's right, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Brand new show here on the Brewing Network, hopefully. This is our little uh, pilot excursion into the realm of beer radio. I'll be your host, Jason J.P. Petros. And again, like I said, this is Dr. Homebrew, the show that breaks down your homebrewed beer. Uh, the purpose of the show is to uh, for you as homebrewers to get feedback on the beer uh, that, you, that you're brewing. A lot of times you enter a beer in a competition and you either have a question about your BGCP score sheet or uh, maybe you don't enter competitions. I know we have a few a few people that we've done uh, shows with in the past and a lot of friends who just don't get a chance to enter or, or are too lazy to or, you know, I don't know, maybe a combination of the both. But uh, hopefully they won't be too lazy to give us their beer. And um, the format of the show is uh, I am the host and then I will have two other uh, highly qualified, way more qualified than myself, uh, BJCP judges in the room with me, um, or at least on the out, uh, uh, highly qualified tasters. But uh, today, I do have two very special guests. I have Lee Shepard and Brian Hoover. Hello. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey. I got nervous for a second, Lee. I got your last name mm-hmm. wrong. Wales of Carl Pilkington? <laughs> I think. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. Uh, That's not. Um, so, you guys are what ranks? BJCP... Master. Master. Master judge, yep. Two masters. Look at this. So, uh, look, if these guys can't give you help on your beer, I don't know who can. Um, but it's not only BJCP scores. It's also, you know, if you want help with your recipes, which is, you know, hard to get. I know some of you have gotten score sheets um, that say, oh, well, you know, this could be a good uh, oatmeal stout. But if you use half an ounce more of Crystal 39 malt, and you're like, that's not even in the in the beer, dude. That's not... yeah. Right. When, when judges go guessing, you know, <laughs> ingredients and, and processes, I mean, you, you can't assume anything. I I just created my first set of exams, actually, and it's, uh, you know, you get people just throwing in all these things, like, how do you know that? And, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's my favorite. And, uh, but that's, so that's the point of the show, is to give you honest and interactive feedback. And, and I think that's the difference uh, here between this show and just, you know, you sending your beer in and us kind of talking about it on the air and telling you about it. It's, it's interactive. It's supposed to be... Um, you ask us questions. So along with the beer that, that you send in, uh, I'll get your home address and your personal phone number, and uh, I will call you directly and hassle you and get you on the air. And so you can interact with the judges. These guys can ask you questions. You can ask questions of them, and uh, maybe one or two to me. I don't know if I can answer it. And uh, that's that's really the point. We want to bring you on the air. We want to talk about your beer with you, not at you on a sheet from, you know, a thousand miles away. So, um, yeah, that's the format, and uh, we hope it's going to be a, a real good show. So, Brian, tell me, tell me a little bit about your, your judging experience. How long have you been a judge? Uh, I've been judging for about four years, and um, I've run a couple of uh, BJCP judging uh, courses, study groups, um, and we're doing another one coming up shortly here. So, we've got a good group of people coming up uh, here in the Bay Area, and um, yeah, so, just like uh, getting into the judge education aspect of it, and 
um, achieved uh, master rank right after the San Diego NHC. So uh, that was that a nice, was nice what, little three years ago or something? piece of mail to come back to. Uh, 2011. So yeah. Oh wow! Wow, has it been? Yeah, know, it's only been. Yeah, they all run together after a while. San Diego and then Seattle. Wow, yeah. that's nice. And Lee, what about you? Um, I've been judging for about 15 years now. Um, actually got into it originally not necessarily judge more just to learn how to improve my brewing because it was a good way to you know learn what's in there just to learn how to taste it yeah so i'm doing that for 15 years just got mastered this past year actually and um yeah that's about it Been brewing for about 20 odd years wow who's a better judge between you and uh brian over here oh, just between you and you? i I'll, I'll mute everybody and only yeah. i'll hear the answer jeff <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that's Jeff right. He's actually a really good judge, too. We have Jeff here, who will be a guest, I think, on the next show, or was it on this show? I forget. I don't know. One I think on this show. Yeah, but anyway, you'll hear from Jeff, and we'll you'll hear about his beer, more importantly. But uh, if you hear another voice, it'll be Jeff chiming in. And you're a judge, too, as well? Yeah, I'm a certified judge. Certified judge. Yep. All right. Hey, so am I. Sweet. All right. No, I'm recognized. Shit. Oh, Low man on the tone. We have a broad spectrum of judging levels here <laughs> in the house. There are some recognized and certified judges that will... Take you for a ride sometimes on a beer and just, you know, right right there with any any level you got. I mean, it's not, sometimes it's about how good you are at taking tests and, you know. That's right. And I'm awful at it. I'll show you my high school transcript <laughs> and my junior college transcript, which should tell you enough. Yeah. Uh, so tonight, the beers we're doing is one from a, a good guy named Mark, and he gave us a, I'll just call it a specialty beer, and uh, we'll, we'll introduce it uh, after this break. Uh, and then the other is a Weizenbach from Jeff, right? That's the beer we're doing for yep. you? All right. So I'll tell you what. Let's take a break real fast, and we're going to jump into Mark's beer after this. It's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019 and get the Five Star treatment today. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. 
What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. <sighs> oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. And we're back with Dr. Homebrew, which is the best name I can come up with for the show, let's be honest. It's not great, but I like it. I think it's fun. People go, is it you? I didn't think that you were that big of a homebrew. No, it's not me. It's the collective. We are the Borg. He's working his way up to it just by <laughs> hanging out with us. I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it all out. Uh, with us on the line, we have our first homebrew guest, Mark. Are you there, Mark? Yes, sir. All right. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad. Yourself? I'm doing pretty well, actually. We're uh, we're trying your beer, which, uh, as I teased before the break, is a specialty beer. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what this beer is? Well, um, it's um, a beer that my girlfriend kind of was nagging me to do. Uh, it's a <laughs> caramel apple winter ale. A caramel apple winter ale. Now, yes, I'll, sir. I'll be honest. When you first you know sent me that in the email about what this is, I was like, oh shit. What did I get myself into? But uh, I kind of actually really enjoy it. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm jumping the gun. Um, uh, how long have you been homebrewing, man? Tell me a little bit about your homebrewing experience. I'm 23 now, and since the day I turned 21, I've been homebrewing. So. Admit it, it was the uh, day before. What's that? <laughs> it was one day before, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. Okay, well, <laughs> he's probably homebrewing at like 16. We just can't say it on the air. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, are, do you do extract or all grain? All grain now. All grain now. And was this beer brewed with an all grain setup? Yes. What uh, what setup do you have? Like a, a partial mash or? I've got um, a uh, 15 gallon um, water cooler that I use for a mash ton with a um, 12 gallon pot mm. and a turkey fryer. That's all you need. Yep. That's pretty good. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Tell us a, a little bit about the beer. Um, you know, you said you mentioned it was uh, something your girlfriend was nagging you uh, about. Um, how did you put everything together? Oh uh, well, um, I try to think of something that was not going to be too hoppy and try and kind of stay along the seasons. Um, uh, do you want me to give off the recipe or? Um, no. Let's. I think we can get into the recipe later. I think after we uh, after we go through the judging. Okay. Yeah. Just want a little little background on the beer, um, Brian. Why don't you kick us off? Uh, what do you smell in this beer? Let's just, we're just going to go down the sheet, I guess, for the format for this show. This is just yeah. straight down the BJCP sheet, and uh, you know, right to the bottom there. So right. let's talk about the aroma. Well, and the base style is declared as a pale ale, right? That was uh, yes, I, I sir. Mean, winter winter ale is kind of 
Well, not a BJCP style, but that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, the aroma, I, I really love it. I think it's uh, it's got a nice, um, strong apple flavor, um, you know, a moderately strong spice character that's in balance with that apple, kind of a cinnamony and vaguely all-spicy kind of thing going on in there. And, yeah, it just smells like mom's apple pie. It's pretty good. I'm not really getting any hops or, you know, um, it's it might be covered up by the spice. There might be a like a light kind of yeah, there's very little hops in here earthy hop or something in there but yeah it's just hiding under the other stuff which is prominent and really nicely in balance for, for what it is so yeah, I agree yeah. Lee what do you think um, I, I agree with that more or less I mean it's got a really nice apple and spice flavor some caramel in it um, very nice aromas actually it's, it's really kind of nice to, just to get a good sniff of this stuff um no hops or very little hop aroma. I was curious. So we were told as a pale ale, is this supposed to be more an English or an American style pale ale? This would probably be more English, maybe. If, I mean, if you're talking winter warmer, especially too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it smells really nice. So did a good job with that. Yeah, Thank Je- you. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think you know it almost smells like a like a cider. I mean, it really has a, a strong apple character, but it it does have that. What's nice is that it has the name, right? I mean, you've got the. The caramel apple, and that's that's what it smells like, which is exactly what you want in a beer. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I, you know, I I wrote down on my sheet, and you know, I didn't fill it out like a judge. I just wrote stupid questions. Um, should you be getting uh, some malt aroma out of this? And maybe it goes to Lee's point: is is it an English pale ale or is it American pale ale base? Um, I'm not sure, honestly, what to call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The malt is definitely in there supporting. It's not like it's like water with apple and you know cinnamon flavors in it. It's it's there's it's beer. It, it definitely has uh you know a, there's a caramelly malt presence in addition to the mm-hmm. the caramel. And we'll, yeah, I'm interested to talk about the the recipe at some point later here. But uh, yeah, it's uh and the but the caramel is is lighter than the the apple character. Apple is on top, I think, then spice and then caramel. But it's really nice combination. I think and, that's what you'd want in a beer in a beer like this, you know, yeah. a caramel apple beer. You don't want to just eat a bunch of caramel. The sweetness of the apple kind of invites you in, and yeah, the yeah. caramel has to be in balance with that. Uh, and the appearance is, uh, you know, it looks like a darker pale or so, right? Help me out with that. What yeah, would you call that? Light brown? Yeah. Yeah, like kind of a dark amber, light brownish color. It's a color of a caramel candy. It's yeah. what it looks like. It's cloud, uh, fairly cloudy, which I think makes it look a little darker. I don't know if JP had it bouncing around his car earlier today, but... I did, as a matter of fact. I, also, I had it laid down sideways, too, like a all real professional... <laughs> like a real professional cellarman. Yeah, he thought it was half a bite, and he rolled the so, bottle. Yeah. I was we'll we'll blame it. JP for that. I assume yeah. this is normally perfectly clear. <laughs> Please yeah. do. Yeah. Nice kind of slightly off-white head. It, it fades pretty fast, but it's a nice color. Yeah, uh, fine bubbles. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's move on to flavor. Now, I got uh, kind of a tart... Um, flavor, you know, and I wasn't sure if that was from the apples. I'm assuming it's from the apples. Uh, what kind of apples do you use, Mark? Um, uh, crisps or something like that. Are they a fairly tart apple, or are they just more yeah. on the sweet side? Yeah. 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 There's a little little tart, not a bite, but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a, yeah. a little light tartness in there that that really with bouncing off the bouncing off the sweetness is really pleasant and fun. But it, yeah, it moves really well from the from the apple, which is the first impression I get, and then and then into the caramel, and then kind of into the spices, the, yeah. the apple pie that we were talking about during the break. Yeah, um, it's that little apple bite, and then a nice little caramel in the middle, and then that spice on the on the finish, you know, on mm-hmm. the aftertaste. It's it's 
and it finishes kind of semi-sweet. It's not. It's kind of medium sweet. It's not not dry at all. It's it's enough sweetness to support all those other flavors and make it real pleasant. Yeah, and that, that tart works really nice with the um, little bit of spice that's in there too. It helps balance that off. Yep. It's interesting. I don't know if it's perception it's just coming from all the apple and caramel. Just gets you thinking along these lines. But the malt character in here seems kind of bready, almost toasty, almost like a almost like a pie crust. Really, it comes yeah. across like that. And I don't know if that was intentional or if uh, yeah, you're I just like sort that. of focusing our brains on that by throwing in all this apple pie goodies. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It's very nice. Cool. Mm-hmm. How did you? Uh, what did you do with the apples? Tell, tell us about that a little bit. Um, actually, it's um, part apple cider and part whole apples. I took um, four apples and chopped them up real, real small, so there'd be enough surface area in contact with the beer. Added that into secondary, along with um, four cups of um, apple cider. Hmm. Was it homemade cider? Yes. Cool. Oh, nice. Of How, course, it was. Was five <laughs> gallons? Yeah, it was five. Actually, it was six gallon vents. Uh-huh. That's a lot of apple apple yeah. flavor from not so much stuff. Yeah. And then uh, what did you do with the apple? Did you put it in, uh, like, a secondary? Yeah. You dry-appled? <laughs> yes. <laughs> For how long? Um, four days. Yeah, that is a lot of apple for that. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah. And it's fresh, fresh apple taste. It's, it really tastes, you know, like taking a bite out of an apple. Hmm. Um, yeah, and the, I'm intrigued by the spice as well, and it's it's really in balance, but I'd like to know what what spices you're using in there and um, what method you use to put them in there because they're really sometimes you get a spice beer that's just so overwhelming with this you know the spice and it's it just destroys the beer it could be a really great base beer and then you get the spice and it just knocks you on your butt and it's like just all these spicy phenolics you know it's funny you ask that because uh, i took uh, jp's advice from the pumpkin oh. ale show Ooh, um, there's yeah. only cinnamon That's here okay. in in this beer okay. i uh, made a um three ounce tincture with um three sticks of cinnamon uh in vodka and then added that um into the keg is it the common cinnamon that you get in grocery stores yeah. or is it it's not yeah. an imported like real crazy cinnamon there. from yeah, asia or something <laughs> Wow, I, apparently I give good advice every once in a while. <laughs> nice going. I would never have thought. I don't remember. I I don't. I even don't even remember that show. So that's awesome. Well, I'm glad it worked out for you, and I'm glad you're not blaming anything. Anything. <laughs> that's, that's good news. Uh, let's talk mouthfeel. Let's talk mouthfeel. Let's yeah. do it, Lee. Um, it's a <clears throat> kind of medium mouthfeel. It's actually. It's actually. I don't know whether it's. From all the apples, probably the crystal, the caramel malts, whatever you put in here. It's got a fairly substantial mouthfeel. I mean, it's not like a Bach, but it's pretty pretty thick. Um, not really thick, but it's not, not a thin beer like you'd expect from some pale ales. Um, its carbonation levels is pretty low, actually. And that's probably maybe the, the only actual issue I might have with this beer. Is it's, it's halfway to being flat, which is too bad. Um, although it hasn't destroyed the flavor anyways. It'd be interesting to see what this was like if the, if the carbonation was pumped all the way up. Um, but it's nice and creamy. Don't really have much astringency or anything bad going mm-hmm. on there. Maybe a little bit of drying in the finish from that, um, from maybe from the spices or that vodka shot that got put in there. But not a whole <laughs> lot. Not a whole lot. It's um, not really warming. It's just sort of medium, low, medium body. It's, uh, yeah, Brian. What yeah, you get, what you getting there? strength wise, yeah, it doesn't seem there's no no real big warmth or anything there. But yeah, the the body is kind of the medium to medium full range. Um, well, it's not a range. It's kind of in between medium, medium full. It's not, not super full, but it's definitely a little higher than medium um, body-wise. And I'm 
which is cool because um, sometimes adding things that are much more fermentable, like sugars and you know ciders. I mean, apple juice will ferment out to nothing in most most yeast, and so I would think the fear with this beer would be that you'd get something really dry and just you know it would it would kill the beer because you wouldn't have that sweetness left behind anymore. Yeah, you dodge that pitfall well. Yeah, that's so that's nice. The sweetness is there and the body is there. That's kind of connected things in the flavor and the mouthfeel. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree. The carbonation is a little low and it might just be a sample issue on this bottle. But, um, you know, yeah, a bit creamy, a little hint of astringency, probably from the spices, you know, nothing, nothing weird, no heat or crazy. Uh, you know, it's just, it's fairly smooth. It's, it's not really, not really crisp or anything. It's just smooth, smooth drinking makes you want to take another sip. Cool. Great. Uh, all right, let's, uh, move to the final part, which is the overall impression. And then we'll, um... And then we'll start uh, helping Mark here with uh, how to how to get better. Uh, Jeff, why don't you jump in? Give me your overall impression of this uh, caramel apple winter wonderland. Yeah, I think my overall impression was kind of similar on the aroma. It's the, the nice thing about beers when when you kind of call out that you want a caramel apple beer is that it tastes like a caramel apple. Yeah. Right? So uh, I think you know my overall impression is that it's uh, you know it's a pretty I'd, I'd say it's a very good beer. It's in the uh, in that very good kind of 30 to 37 range um it, it's uh yeah it's pretty pleasant uh, i think the carbonation i think uh lee was onto that probably pumped that up a little bit i think you'd get uh you'd actually get a lot more of the aroma kind of popping through which would be cool right yeah the co2 is definitely going to deliver a little bit more of those flavor components and if you overdo it then it'll be too much and you get a carbonic bite that will fight with your other elements but i i do agree you know that uh, it's a very well pleasant drinking beer kind of in the range just talking about very good range but you know if you bumped up the carbonation it may well and you know maybe the sample if you're are you drinking a sample over there with us mark yes sir I am. okay that good good man good man is yours have the same carbonate low carbonation um i a lot more carbonation um i was afraid that those bottles were going to be a little undercarbonated. Mm-hmm. um but uh, mine's mine's just just right We'll, we'll open a we second bottle. We got a second bottle, bottle here. Let's, let's yeah. see if it's a bottle to bottle. That's a third thing. bottle. Just to be safe, yeah. Uh, if did, you already drank one. Huh? Yeah. Oh. I'm chugging it in the back. Uh, did you... Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's pop it open it by the mic. It's <laughs> oh, a little hiss. It's not bad. A little bit, yeah. Did you bottle condition, uh, Mark, or, or you just bottled uh, it? Okay. No. I bottled it off the, uh, the spigot and then capped mm. him and sent him to you. Yeah, that's probably why. That's probably much more carbonated in the cake. Mm-hmm. All right, so Jeff, give you a 35, 37, is that what you said? Um, that's pretty good. I'd go, yeah, 34. That's 34. Right. That's not bad. That's usually what I get on my stupid, dumb score sheets for jerks. I'm pretty excited about that. This is the first beer I've ever actually had anybody score, so. Awesome. This may be a little more carbonated in the second bottle. It does seem a little mm. peppier, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And that hiss is definitely something you listen for as a judge when you're when you're judging. It's just a, a little indicator, doesn't yeah. it? You know. Yeah, actually, could you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. good. Mics are pretty good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I thought this is pretty good. Um, I'd probably put it in that mid thirties range. Very good myself. It's Jeff is right. You really you kind of nailed the thing, which is tough to do. Which you have to do with the specialty beer. You're saying it's you no, know, it's this on this style. Is is you know you got the expression of your specialty goodies in here, and you got them coming out really well. It's a really good job on that. Um, <clears throat> what what would so yeah, I mean, just the apple flavors, the spice, the, the bready caramel malt—it's all really great. What might 
help to improve this. One thing is just sort of verbal. Uh, what, what are you going to call it? Pale ale? It makes me first think American pale ale, which really is a hoppier beer, usually a little paler. That mm-hmm. may, If you were going to enter this in a comp, I wouldn't really choose that as a style to put this in. I mean, American amber ale might be closer. It tends to be darker, caramelier, less hoppy. Maybe even like an Irish red or just an English pale ale, especially if you're, you're thinking in your head that winter warmer kind of route. That's an mm-hmm. English pale ale kind of tradition. So okay. that, that, might, that might help focus the judges on the base style in a better direction for this beer than calling it a pale ale, and they're going to be expecting you know something that's pale and hoppy, yeah. American mm-hmm. style. Uh, just off the cuff, what, what, what uh, score range would you give this thing? Uh, Mid thirties, yeah, yeah. What pick? Yeah. Just make him commit to a score here. Uh, yeah. uh, okay, let's say thirty six. <laughs> All right, that's a good place okay. for this. There you go. Um, and he'd probably bump up a few to several points, maybe even to the excellent range. You've got the carbonation up, the yeah. haze down, yep. and uh, the style to where it was sort of matching expectations. All right, I think that's kind of where the spirit could be. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I actually just went through a score sheet. So if, if anyone wants to go to BJCP.org, you can pull up a beer score sheet, and you can look at what we're looking at here, too. I and mean, we have score sheets in front of us, which is what we would do, except we'd be writing a lot more on them instead of talking about everything. <laughs> um, but I've gone through the score sheet and kind of just placed it where I think I would place the, all the elements of this. So I'll go through it. Um, aroma, I would give it a solid 8 out of 12, because um, it's a very inviting aroma, you know, um, n- nicely pretty much everything's nicely balanced in there and and uh you know um the appearance i i would give it a one out of three because you know it's it's a little darker than i would expect for a pale ale if it was entered as american pale ale a little cloudy and uh the low head and and you know uh but yeah you could you could definitely get three out of three if you just you know got it cleared up and uh fix those other issues but uh flavor wise i loved it i mean i give it a nice nice solid 15 out of 20 um Everything there that I expect it tastes like mom's apple pie, like I said. So um, that's what I would expect for a beer called that. And the you know the mouthfeel is pretty much right on for what you'd expect as well. You know, body carbonation was a little low, so I'd knock it out on point for that. But everything else is it's nice and creamy and smooth drinking, so I'd give it a four out of five there. And then overall impressions, just like another at the end where you kind of like, what does this beer really say to you? You know, is, is it you know I give it an eight out of ten there, which adds up to thirty six as well. So I think that's a good place to put it i mean you know and if we were judging together you know maybe jeff we, we could twist jeff's arm really hard and get him to, but yeah we wouldn't try to start strong arm him to do that either i mean a 34 with two thirty sixes would come out to like a 35 something within statistical error there yeah. right <laughs> so great beer thank you wonderful yeah it's good very yeah, good thank you very much that was great um I hesitate to go over mine because I haven't really judged in a long time but uh one comment i made on the overall impression was it it tasted a lot like a spiced cider um, and for a beer, you know, I would want it to be, uh, you know, the finish was very dry, very apple and that's where I got the, the spice cider. So um, if it was a pale ale, I think that's what Lee was saying was, was you know, bump the style up a little bit, and I think you can get more of a, of a backbone behind it. Because you have all the, I think you have all the um, the uh, accoutrement, if you will, for, the, for you have the caramel flavoring, you have the apple, you have the spice. That's all layered really, really well. But for me, it just kind of, at the end, takes, tastes like a spiced um, cider. And what I didn't do beforehand, Mark, and I apologize, is I didn't ask you what you wanted to get out of this. Uh, you know, we're all just kind of telling you what to do. But uh, in our email conversation earlier, you were saying uh, that you just want to, to figure out how to improve the recipe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So uh, hopefully we're we're guiding you in, the, in that <laughs> in, the, in that direction where you're like, look, I just wanted to know about bottling, you know, um, and we're picking part of your beer. But uh, no, I, th- I think overall, I think it was great. Um, I I just split hairs and I would go 35 just to be a jerk. Um, All right. But I think it was a very good beer, and I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate you sending it in. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, I think I agree with a lot of your comments there, JP. And yeah, one thing that you're looking for is to make sure that you, when you declare a style, that um, at least you know that that style is going to be supporting everything else that's there. If your beer is just a a, a bland base to deliver all the caramel and apple and spice, well, mm-hmm. then okay, great, and, you know, enter into something else besides a beer. But um, you know, I mean, it, it's definitely a beer, and and it's not. It is a little on the cidery side, like you said. So if it had more of that pale ale uh, style. You know, whether you declared English pale ale or you picked some other style that you want to make it taste like that maybe blends it even better with the caramel and apple flavors and you get both the base style in balance with these flavors, you know, then it can be really something wonderful and get up into that, you know, 40-point range. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Mark, do you have any last uh, questions for the guys before we get out of here? Um, as far as, like, trying to get it into those categories, um, what would I honestly do to, to get it up there? Just kind of boost up the uh, the hop? character or, or um well if if you wanted to make it an american pale ale yeah yeah you'd have to you'd have to add some of those classic american style hops or or something enough to at least give yeah. it that kind of a presence and in an english one you could add less hops and you'd get the presence you needed and mm-hmm. actually some of those hops might almost work better here it's either that i mean it's if, if you're if you're totally into the pale ale concept that's kind of where you'd have to go and maybe a little more bittering too if you wanted to keep the recipe because it tastes very nice as it is, yeah. then maybe you want to pick a different style, not change the recipe. Yeah, I don't know why it's you'd want to rush it into a pale ale because I think it comes across pretty good as it is, right? If you throw yeah. a bunch of hops in here, then you're, you're starting to get some clashing flavors. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like it's a you know it's an apple caramel imperial mild or something, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's, got that, yeah. it's got that nice uh, malt character, and I think the too much bitter would, would probably uh, take away from it. Yeah, well, especially right. the wrong bitter. You know, like you were saying, you know, if you, if you have some of those, you know, sea hops or or whatever, you throw the wrong hop in here, you're going to skew everything. It'll be a caramel orange. <laughs> yeah, try, with, try with some different styles that you know that you think will complement it. But yeah, probably not the hoppier styles, and you know, maybe even yeah, something something like a, an amber ale would be great. You know, you could. Get that the caramely some of the caramely from the the caramel malt in an amber ale and have it really work that way you know and not a hoppy one so yeah, yeah so so you did a good job with this one because we're we're not we're all trying to talk you into not calling it an, a pale ale <laughs> yeah. it's great yeah, as it is you'll find fine. the name that hangs yeah, on it rather than to push it, it somewhere else more yeah. or less because of the crystal malt so I was like all right well I guess we could call it a pale ale but yeah. No, no, it works really well. I, I mean, you went to all the effort to get that apple and that spice to come through like that. Why buried under a bunch of hops? It's just mm. going to not work with it. Mm-hmm. Well, it might. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Can you answer your questions? Oh, yeah. Can we help you out? Oh, yeah. All definitely. Right. Well, if you rebirth again, hopefully we'll get you back on the show and uh, we'd like to do a little follow-up maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a good beer. I appreciate it, Mark. Thanks again, man, for sending it in. No problem. For sending it in. I didn't run those together. <laughs> I just can't enunciate all right, buddy. Take yeah. care. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Bye. All right, Mark. Thanks, man. That was uh, that was awesome. Uh, we are up against another break, so let's do that. And then on the other side, we're going to have Jeff Weizenbach. Stick around, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality homebrewing supplies. 
Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's a pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to cut Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. All right, it's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Um, once again, big thanks to Mark for not only shipping us caramel apple beer, um, but a couple other tasty treats that, uh, of course, I had too much of an asshole and didn't share with anybody. Thank you very much. No, thank you. <laughs> um, our next guest is in studio, which is always a pleasure, uh, and his name is Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm going to pretend that you have not been participating in the last <laughs> half because uh, I'm not that good of a host yet. Who was that other Jeff? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah this is another one. That was a Jeff with a J. This is a Jeff with a G. Absolutely. And uh, all right, Jeff. So, what beer do we have of yours? So you got my Weizenbach, which is uh, this is the second time I brewed it. Second time. Yep. What was wrong with the first one? Uh, first one was good. Yeah. Actually, nothing wrong with it. It's one of those repeats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never Absolutely. had that. Disappeared, that's what was wrong with Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it left. Totally disappeared. I've never had that problem. I've always been, oh, you know what I should do when I brew this again? Is not screw it up. <laughs> uh, and how long have you been a homebrewer? Uh, I've been brewing for about 15 years. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Only making good beer for probably the past five, so. Maybe that's the question. How long, can you imagine? <laughs> All right, well, thanks for shipping us your beer. Um, how long have you been making good beer? Um, I don't know. All right, well, uh, uh, let's dive into the beer, then, since I'm all out of questions. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll let Lee kick it off this time, though. All right. Well, um, the first thing that hit me on this beer in the nose was actually cocoa. It was kind of chocolatey. It's actually for... It, hmm. and, 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 you know, to back that up to, to sort of 
actually jump ahead a bit. It's a very dark Weizenbach, really very dunkel, dark dunkel Weizen. It's kind of odd, nice mid-brown color. What is, what is a Weizenbach? It's basically a high-gravity Hefeweizen. Okay. Uh, the classic example, the Aventinus, is, is sort of a mid-amber color. It's got a lot of plum raisin kind of character you know, from, from the malts, and you know it has big Hefeweizen kind of clove and banana character to the nose from the yeast. How many lemons uh, go in this? Because there's no lemons here, so I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it's a Hef or not. Uh, not for the purists. Shit. Yeah. Uh, but, right. you know, you can put in several if you like. <laughs> if you it's like. up to you. If you like, you can do whatever you want with it if it's your glass of beer. That's um, true. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't put a lemon in a Schneider. It tastes pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, there are pale versions of it, too, which basically are just like a big Hefeweizen. Hmm. Like a 7 or 8% Hefeweizen. It can be very nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the nose on this, first thing that hit me was cocoa. It was very chocolatey, which kind of probably matches the, the color on this. Um, get some cherry. Yeah, yeah, like um, a chocolate-covered cherry. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of the, the main flavor or aroma component here. Not so much on the banana, um, although there is a little bit of it coming through. Um, I'm getting a little bit of the clove phenols, too, which is uh, no banana and clove, sort of the classic Hefeweizen yeast character, and they're showing through here. Um, not maybe as much as I'd expect, but then again, with all that kind of cocoa going on, there's a different kind of balance going on here, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's about it. No hop. You wouldn't expect it. Um, some nice uh, caramelly malt. Mm-hmm. Brian? Yeah, um, definitely the, the, the brown, kind of a brown malt, chocolatey malt kind of flavor or aroma up, up here in the, in the top. And I, I thought, I, when I first um, smelled it, I thought I got a tiny a hint of kind of a, a papery oxidation in it a little bit. Um but it seems to have dissipated or it's just being covered up by what else is there. There's a lot of stuff going on. There is a light banana. I definitely picked that up. Uh, but yeah, it's a little lower than you might expect. Uh, so kind of a, me- um, a, a low banana ester and um, a very uh, very low clove, clove uh, phenol, but it's kind of hiding behind everything else that's there. It's got kind of a spicy alcoholic aroma to it. It's a, it's a big beer. You can really tell just by smelling it. And um, I don't know. I thought maybe for a second that um, somebody, somebody might have dumped, dumped some of that apple beer in here. I got a little <laughs> kind of a gr- green apple little element to it. Um, but I'm getting ahead. When I got into the flavor, there was kind of a, uh, a green apple. And I came back to the aroma, and I caught a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else I may be getting a little here? You're getting a little solvent. Yes. A little, little heat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... That again, getting ahead of myself is is really evident in the flavor and in the mouthfeel as well. Like some some, when you get a beer that has uh, higher alcohols in it, you should get it in the aroma, um, and but in the flavor, uh, it you know it can be even more prominent. And these are just higher, you know, longer chain alcohols that are left over from the fermentation process that end up staying in the beer. And um, it's kind of like a you know, take a, a smell vodka compared to your beer, and you know, or, or cheap vodka especially, and you'll get a lot of higher alcohols in that. And uh, that's one way to dose a beer if you want to do a, a judging class, and you know, dump a little vodka into a sample of beer, mix it just right. You can kind of duplicate that alcoholic aroma um, or alcoholic lifestyle. Yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's jump into the flavor. Okay, why not? Well, uh, w- appearance. I think Lee Lee did cover. We we yeah. we shouldn't skip that. It, it is on the dark dark side for the style. It's uh you know it can range from kind of a, a light kind of a medium amber down to a brownish uh, color. But this one's a 
pretty deep brown with some nice ruby highlights. It looks pretty clear. It's got a nice um, tan head that stuck around fairly well for such a strong beer. Yeah. Usually, strong beers can the head just drops because it's you know there's a lot of alcohol in there taking it down. But uh, this one stick to, stuck around, sticked around pretty well. Yeah, and, very uh, nice, fine, creamy head on this. It was really, fine bubbles, really pretty. pretty good retention for this beer. So, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that has a lot to do with all the wheat that's in it, right? It really, yeah, the wheat yeah. character holds it. The extra protein will definitely help Some the those, head on a beer. Yeah, the, the, yep. the kind of small to medium chain proteins in there that just push that head right up. Uh, but yeah, flavor. Um, yeah, I, I got it. Uh, you know, all the the brown malt and a lot of the elements we talked about—the kind of chocolatiness and the um, light banana—and um, you know, there weren't any surprises as far as the banana esters and the, the clove phenols. They were there. The phenols are a little more. You know, they they bite your you know flavor. Uh, they cost you a little bit more uh, in the flavor. Um, but I got yeah, just kind of a lightly. Uh, not tart like sour, but like kind of a acid aldehyde green apple kind of element in the flavor too. Are, and are you are you getting that, Lee? Um. Well, I kind of wasn't, but now that you point it out, it's maybe like a little bit. Yeah, something I mean, that's bouncing off the 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 sweetness of the. Well, it's not really a sweet beer. It's kind of dried out uh, in the finish. Um, when the yeast has done done its thing on it, and yeah, there's like either it's just kind of a slightly acidic beer, or there might be some. You know, a little bit of acid aldehyde left in there. Well, yeah, so I probably I probably can give some hints on that. So, the uh, so this is an all green uh, all green brew, and it was the the second time I was using my new system, and I I got distracted while I was sparging, and mm-hmm. ended up this is a five gallon batch, and I ended up uh, pulling off eight and a half gallons. Oh, so. Um, instead of yeah, I just like all of a sudden went, oh crap! Look, there's a lot of wort in there. Um, so what I ended up doing, instead of kind of in retrospect, what I probably should have done is just boiled it and, and kind of boiled it down. Um, but what I ended up doing was grabbing sugar like crazy because my numbers were way off. Uh-huh. So, uh, okay. so first first thing that goes in there is uh, a pound and a half of corn sugar, and uh, and that got me to about you know I guess the eight and a half was about eleven Play-Doh. So I was it was way it, it was it was way off, and so I added. Uh, Added some sugar, um, got me like 12 Play-Doh, and I was like, damn, that's still not enough. So what else do I have on the shelf? I grabbed some uh, D2 and, uh, you know, dumped dump that in. And so you got some... That's the dark, uh, the dark color right there, it, right? It, exactly. And that D2 uh, Belgian candy syrup. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That explains a lot of those dark brown, dark sugar, right. coffee, yeah. caramel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which, which comes across as really good. So in retrospect, I'm like, wow, actually, this would probably be good to do. Um, but the... You know, after that, um, I still still wasn't anywhere near what I wanted to be. So then I started adding. I added five pounds of table sugar. So the cidery character, I think you're getting. You're searching the house for sugar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like whatever I can. What find, do we got? Whatever yeah. I can find to get the number up. Um, um neighbor, could I borrow a cup of D two? <laughs> exactly. So I think you know the sugar is giving you that kind of cidery character. Um, right. Yes. Sugars can kind of do that sometimes in a beer that you, that in the old days before the good techniques came along, you know, they'd get a kit that came with a little can of malt and says, you know, add a bunch of corn sugar if you have it or a table sugar or whatever you got and boost it up to the gravity you need. Measure it if you want or and not. That's alcohol. And there's alcohol in there. Yeah. They, yeah, they could come across as a little cidery back in the day, but you don't taste a lot of beers like that anymore, and I, I don't encounter them very often as a judge because there's so many good brewers out there that know what they're doing, and and uh, except for me, and, and know Jeff, not to do that, yeah. um, but who actually got an amazingly good beer out of all that sugar. It's, just, it's, yeah. you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So it ended up being immense too. So it was uh, 
you know, it was the 1091 starting gravity switch, which is mm-hmm. right at the top wow. of the style. Um, and then it finished real low, too. It finished at 1017. So It's big and dark and dry. Yeah, it's about 10%. So How does that work on, I think you just touched it, the big and dark and dry, but how does that work on the mouthfeel? All that sugar and, and uh, yeah, the, the, all the, that food for the yeast. The biggest thing that pops out at me in the mouthfeel is, is a big warmth, and it's it's a big it's a big boy. You know, there's it's it's um, a little a little hot from the higher alcohols that are in there, I think. But you know, um, it's it's a it's a full bodied beer. There's a good level of uh, you know medium high carbonation in there, and it's delivering all those flavors to your tongue, and the um, uh, not very creamy and. Glug, glug. Slightly astringent from the probably from the, the phenols that are in there and um, maybe some of the darker malt elements that are in there, but yeah, a little a little bit warm for for my taste for this style. But otherwise, you know, for the most part, um, yeah, mouthfeel fair to midland for the style. Is that a technical term? Fair <laughs> no. to midland. Yeah. Now I thought it was actually you know initially especially when the carbonation was up and this thing was quite carbonated and you know, he had a nice hiss on this thing. Uh, came across as fairly full body. Is it a little thinner now that it's it's you know been sitting in the glass for a while? It's pretty good creamy creaminess, good head on it. Um, it was definitely seemed a little drying. It wasn't really astringent. Um, that's probably the alcohol coming through again. Um, and I was picking up. I would say you know in, in the flavor. I, I kind of skipped over that in my my review here. Um, but it came across a little in the mouthfeel too, because it comes across there sort of alcohol warming. Mm-hmm. The, the, actually, I was getting more solventy than than longer alcohols. More like kind of acetone, nail polish remover kind of character to the the heat in here. Mm. It right. wasn't real strong, but that's kind of what I was picking up. So that's probably that's kind of one of the classic things that I guess can happen when you have a yeast fermenting in uh, wort that's you know fifty percent sugar. Or right. The nutrition for the yeast isn't going to be there. It's going to start pumping out funky alcohols and solvents if you're not exactly. careful, especially when you're going for such a big bear. Um, and uh, the fact that you got so little of that is, is probably kind of a, a good. It is a good thing. It was probably kind of lucky. It might have thrown off the um, the one thing which seems to me to be kind of lacking in terms of being a, a really killer Weizenbach um, is the banana. And the clove character, especially the banana, it's kind of yeah. low. It, it's, I mean, well, it's there, but it's not really up front. The, cloves are, the clovey flavors are a little stronger. Than the right. And so I think uh, what, what that comes from is I, I tend to swank advice first when I do this beer. Um, and then I pitch on top of that. Um, but, but one of the things I do is really ferment pretty cool. So I ferment at 62, and that really suppresses the banana. And so it <laughs> yeah. gives you a little bit of that clove. Um, in, in this beer, you probably want a little bit more of that to come through because there's so much other stuff going on. So maybe yeah. a little warmer next time. Yeah, yeah. A little well, more banana might help it, yeah. We'll, we'll get into feedback later, but yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, overalls. Overall impressions. Brian, what do you think? I think, um, to me, it was, with everything that I had going on and being so big and um, having uh, dried out so much, it all the flavors that are there are just very stark, and uh, you know it dries off on your tongue, and you're left with these um, kind of clove phenol in the in the aftertaste. Um, what I would like to see in this beer is definitely a little more banana. I would like I, I was looking for and hunting for some um, kind of rich melanoidins in this, but I'm not getting uh, many. Uh, there's some there's some in there, and it's you know usually you get that from the real good German malts and you know, maybe the sugars are taking away from that. I don't want to guess too much, but um, the yeah, the beer is a little, just a little bit muddled to me. But it's it's a pleasant drinking beer, and 
I would say, you know, uh, I'll lighten it up a touch, um, you know, use fewer sugars or, you know, I mean, you can't, when you're judging, you can't know what the recipe is. So this is a little weird having this information. I would say, you know, you you can get into what ifs forever, you know, well, if you're adding a lot of sugars, don't add a lot of sugars to this. If you're, uh, you know, uh, if you're mashing it too low over temperature, you know, try mashing at a higher temperature, use a less attenuative yeast to get a little more sweetness in the beer. There's a million ways you can get more sweetness in the beer, but, uh, you know, not knowing the specifics. Now, I would just say, you know, add, add less of that sugar, Jeff. Don't go scrounging your cupboard <laughs> for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think next time. Let we'll it be, or boil, boil it longer. Yeah, that, yeah, you gave yourself the feedback because you, you know yeah. you know how to brew and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, you agree with that, Lee? Yeah, more or less. I'd probably yeah. have scored this like a 29 or 30, maybe a 32. Um, You're for me, be, 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 yeah, before I heard the story, well, maybe, maybe not too much. <laughs> I mean, there were some good things about that. Before, before I heard Jeff's story, really what yeah. I was thinking is it just didn't have the yeast character. It didn't have mm-hmm. the banana and the clove. It wasn't really there. The cocoa was nice, but it was kind of a little over the top with the dark malts for a Weizenbach. Right. I mean, a lot of people think Weizenbach is straight Schneider, Aventinus, and you know, it's not that, really. Sure. But, no, you know, you can not. give it a little wider latitude than that, I think. I mean, there's... Like I said, there's some fights and box out that are just big heifers these days. Um, the most of the problem issues that I would have thought with this were were really about the ferment and the, the little bit of solventy heat and the lack of the lack of the esters, which is kind of odd that you would get them in that combination because usually when you, you get too much one, you get too much the other. And actually, the classic Schneider has or is very prone to having so- solventy character to it. It's actually right. a mm-hmm. bit of a problem with that beer commonly. Um, knowing what I know from your story. The main thing I would have said to, for feedback to improve this was uh, pitch some trapezes in here. <laughs> <laughs> and just make it something else. Make it something else. Yeah. 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 This this would have had the makings of being a really cool dark strong. Yeah. Is that mainly, you think, from the D2? Just from all that D2, all yeah. that sugar, that sort of you know, bigger body with the drying alcohol alcohol yeah. finish, you know, the, the drying finish from the from the higher alcohol levels and less body from the malt that's just not there for that strength, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably pushing the sugar levels even for something like that. But once you go there, that's probably the kind of yeast, you know, if you were picking a new, I would have put in there. Right. Yeah. You guys feel this in your chest, right? I mean, right right here. Yeah, just, a little bit. There's that afterburn and it just The fear of a heart attack. Brian's oh. kind of fondling his thymus here. <laughs> I haven't taken a sip for, you know, three minutes here and it's still it's still working in there. I mean, you that's something you feel all the way down in, you know, through the esophagus into your chest almost. And it's, you know, when you get a really warming beer, you should notice that. So, uh... What would you guys score uh, score this? Lee, you said around 29 or so? 29 Brian, or 30, yeah. Did you give a, a kind of a brief score and I missed it? or um, I would give it a 27. 27. Six for uh, aroma, uh, two for appearance uh, out of three, six out of 12, two out of three, uh, 10 out of 20 for flavor, three out of five for mouthfeel. No, I mean, not too much wrong there besides the little high warmth, um, and six out of 10 for overall impression. It's muddled, but it's drinkable, and it's it's, you know... It's beer. It's it's good, but it it has some 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 minor flaws and and did miss. Well, it's it's more on style than it is. You know, uh, it, it's 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 somewhat it's on style. Off, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the flaws are the what's detracting from it a little bit. So, yeah, but they're I, not you know hellaciously ugly ones. They're just kind of mm, yeah detracting. I mean, a bit. The reason I picked that twenty nine thirty. I mean, that's sort of the threshold between giving it good or very good, which is whether it kind of misses the mark on style or not. And it's kind of sitting on the fence on that. I mean, the cocoa and the the kind of cocoa-ish character and the, the lower esters were making me think this is maybe missing style, but it wasn't by a lot. Right. So, I it's, mean, a point either way, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I what I thought, too. It, you know, it, it seemed like a beer that wanted to be one thing or the other. 
Um, and uh, now, you know, now hearing the uh, the history of it, it that kind of makes sense with the with the D two and all the sugar and the lack of the yeast. It kind of, um, you know, it, it kind of should be one thing or the other. And instead, it was two beers in one. Um, so I, I kind of was right in the middle with you guys. I got, I, I went twenty eight, mm-hmm. which I just wrote down right now because I want to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, see, Lee's the closest to Jeff. You're probably second closest. He could reach out and strangle you. <laughs> I got all these mics I'm, in I've the got way. Lee between us here. Yeah. I mean, I, the farther away you get from Jeff, the lower the scores goes or something to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm you have no escape route, though. And when, yeah, when yeah. I, was, I was on the session, I was sitting right next to... Uh, uh, What's that guy's name? And uh, yeah, maybe I scored his beer a little yeah. higher when I was sitting over where Lee is, and you're right. sitting here, and you were lower. So you want to be nicer when you're closer to the person. Yeah, I got you. It's their gravitational nonsense. You just don't want to be near when those tears splash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I scored a lot lower, so you guys are being quite generous. Yeah, well, well, I know. I know what happened. So that, like, that's no, the right. classic thing. You know the flaws. And you're yeah, going to exactly. dump on it. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, what was your base recipe? If you want to, if you um, wouldn't mind handing that out. Yeah, no, the base recipe is actually from Brewing Classic Style. So. It's uh, you know it's a, a German caramel wheat. There's ten pounds of that. Uh, this is a five five gallon batch. The, I I actually used uh, so you, it's funny you guys talked about the Belgian character, right? So I, I actually used a Belgian Pilsner malt. Um, so I got five pounds of that. Um, you probably can skip the three pounds of sugar. Um, the German Munich malts. Uh, there's two pounds there. Uh, again, probably skip the dextrose. Uh, I don't know about the Belgian candy sugar. I, I might actually do this again with the Belgian candy sugar, but skip the other ones. I think the character is kind of interesting for it. I do like it. It might. It, it might. Di- I mean, in a competition, it might differentiate it enough where it's just like, wow, there's something interesting to that. Um, and so I used. Uh, I used a pound of that. Uh, eight ounces of special B. Uh, eight ounces of a, uh, a caramel forty forty love. And uh, the, the chocolate comes from, uh, there's the, the pale chocolate, the UK pale chocolate. There's four ounces of that. Um, and I used uh, a German Haller Tower Herzbrucker, uh, two and a half ounces at uh, 3.1 alpha acid. And I used the Vine Stefaner yeast, but, uh, you know, I think, again, probably a little bit warmer next time to try to give it a little bit more banana character out of it. And most of the hops were added early in the boil or... Um, yeah, so I did a 90-minute boil because there's a Pilsner malt in there, and mm-hmm. uh, then uh, and then pitched, or uh, yeah, so I added the, about 60 minutes, 60-minute 60 yeah. hop addition, and then I fermented at 62, um, mash temp was uh, 151. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we didn't talk about much about hops, but there really weren't much. <laughs> there wasn't much to pick out there, and it was buried. There really shouldn't be in this. Style, and there shouldn't though. be. Yeah. yeah. So, but you should comment completely if there's no hops on a judging sheet. If you're a judge, you should say, you know, no hops detected in the aroma. You know, and try to pick something out if you can in the fl- yeah. flavor or whatever you get. At least the bitterness level. Comment on that because there should be some bitterness in every beer that uses hops uh, for 60 minutes. <laughs> it's there. It might <laughs> just be a little bit hidden, but yeah. Uh, any questions for these guys, Jeff? Or are you pretty uh, pretty squared away on, on what? Uh, obviously, you know what went wrong, but uh, was it really wrong? It sounds like you have a new a new beer <laughs> recipe out of this. No, yeah, I think it may may. Uh, I think the D two was interesting to it. Uh, no, I think I learned a couple of things here, which uh, I'll probably do it again and and try try to, to tweak it a little bit. Cool. All right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, man, for for bringing the beer and, and for more importantly coming down to the studio. Yeah. No, it's great. Thanks That's for awesome. the feedback. Appreciate it. And uh, we're up against another break, and when we come back, we'll do a little mini wrap-up and um, kind of just review what we've learned. 
and um, hear me stutter over my words again. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on a sec. Where can you still find 795 Nationwide Shipping, a friendly, knowledgeable staff, and all of the stuff to brew for less? Homebrew Stuff. <laughs> Isn't the homebrew stuff a sexual maneuver? Homebrew Stuff is the largest homebrew supplier in the Northwest and can be found in Garden City, Idaho, and online at homebrewstuff.com. Equipment and ingredients for brewing beer and wine, soda and liquors, books, instructional DVDs, beginner kits, and a great selection of grain and hops. Homebrew Stuff also has dozens of free videos online to help make brewing easier. Visit homebrewstuff.com now for the best prices with their match or beat guarantee. BN Army members can take 10% off their first order with the coupon code BNARMY. Kegs, regulators, faucets, towers, carboys, conicals, barrels, you name it. Get your homebrew stuff for less at homebrewstuff.com. Homebrew stuff, (laughs) not a sexual maneuver. Just the best prices and great service on all the stuff you need. Homebrewstuff.com. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, greetings. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. It is Dr. Homebrew, and like I said, again, I'm going to slur my words and stumble over them. Why? Because I am not confident. I have to go to the bathroom. I can't tell which is which. They both kind of feel the same to me. <laughs> it's our fearless leader. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so we have covered two uh, pretty pretty good beers, both very different from from, from what I've had and uh, from the styles that they that they said that they were. One was from uh, our earlier guest, Mark, and he had the caramel apple spiced winter warmer 5% beer. Pale ale. Uh, pale ale, yeah. Mm. And uh, so just, you know, we want to kind of wrap up everything, um, just give some general advice, recap what kind of what we told Mark, um, and then give some kind of, um, you know, um, some little tidbits here and there. So why don't you guys uh, go over uh, again with us what, what Mark could do to... Uh, Hopefully bump his beer up a little bit. Well, bump it up. I mean, I think the summary on on what we kind of had to say about improving his beer was don't change it that much. It was pretty nice as it was. This is the main thing we might think about is is changing the category you enter it in as a style. It really wasn't a pale ale. Yeah. And I think trying to make it into, especially an American pale ale, it'd be too much hops. It'd clash with all that other stuff you put in there. It'd probably be horrible with those spices. It'd mask all the apple. It would change it into something else. Probably wouldn't be as good. So just maybe consider reclassifying it, and that's based on the you know the the core flavors. 
Based was on it? the flavors in that beer. I mean, it was, it was apple. It was spice. It yeah. had a lot of caramel. It was sort of a nice mid-amber color with a sort of caramel, darker malt, or medium malt flavors you'd expect with that. Mm-hmm. Um, those, I mean, you'd find that more in an amber ale if you want to stick American or, you know, British uh, bitters, pale ales. Um, although the bittering <laughs> level wasn't that high in this beer, which <clears throat> was probably fine given all that apple and spice there. You wouldn't want to p- push up the bittering much or it might mask it. Um, so Irish Reds, Scottish Ales, we were talking about this earlier, yeah. um, American Amber Ales, those would all be good things to maybe potentially class this beer as. Okay. I, yeah. I think that was, it, just changing the style you call it, it'd be, from a judging perspective, would be a good thing. From a tasting perspective, I think that was pretty good. Maybe okay. get the carbonation up a bit and yeah. maybe put it through a filter or something, I don't know. Um, that's about right. it. Yeah, the obvious things other than style would be the 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 color of it, well, or the uh, the clarity of it, and the level of carbonation, which would help deliver that a little better. But yeah, um, anyone ever had one of those, uh, you know, what is it like apple pie in a bottle kind of like liqueurs that you can make homemade with a certain recipe or something, and it's just like you drink it and it tastes like apple pie, mm. and and I don't know what it's called, but that's what this reminded me of. You know, sometimes people give it out at the holidays as a gift and whatever. Sounds like a pregnancy waiting maybe, to happen, maybe in England. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's um, it's got those kind of elements, and I'd like like to see a little more um, a little more beeriness, or at least it fitting the the defined style. And it could it should be you know like don't change it much. It tastes great as it is, but uh, make it a style that that works with that. And maybe like I said earlier, bring out something that has some caramely aspects, a little more caramely aspects to the the style, like an Amer- American amber ale or. Um, you know, one of the maltier English or Scottish styles and would work really well, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe try mixing with some different beers and, you know, and, and see what you like at home there, Mark. But yeah, good job. Good job. Jeff, what do you think? You agree with those guys or? Oh, they're the masters. You totally right? disagree. No, they are the masters. You gotta agree with the masters. I think, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of apple, uh, a lot of apple cider character. I mean, it really, when I first smelled it, I was like, wow, this is like a nice, this is nice cider. Um, so bringing out a little bit of the beer character, um, figuring out what that is, getting some more, uh, you know, figuring out what that, I don't, it's definitely not pale, as these guys said, it's, it's definitely more, uh, I would go more English, I think the, you know, the apple character is kind of more of an English style, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, try to accentuate those pieces, but, uh, and, and probably clear it up a little bit for us here, it was, uh, it was a little cloudy, um, and a little chunky, but, uh, you know, that's probably just transportation, otherwise I thought it was nice. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with everybody. And uh, so Mark did, and I, I, you know, like an idiot, I forgot to get Mark's recipe. So he did email it over. So um, you know, he had a lot of good flavors, and and I would really like to kind of get his recipe out there, and, and uh, maybe it can inspire you guys. So um, I think it was for a five gallon batch. Um, he says five pounds of pale uh, pale malt mare's otter, four pounds German Munich, one pound C twenty, one pound C sixty, one pound flake rye. Uh, half a pound of LME, half a pound of cane sugar. Um, and then in the hops for 60 minutes, he has 0.75 ounces of Cascade. And for the last 15 minutes, he has 0.5 of Willamette. And I believe he told me it was a 17 IBU. Um, and then he put four cups of apple cider in there, three apples cut into small pieces with, with uh, three cinnamon sticks and four ounces of vodka to make a tincture with the cinnamon. And his yeast was uh, WOP 011 European Ale. Hmm. Um, his mash was 154 for 60 minutes. Uh, then he says, recirculate till clear, then put off one, pull off one gallon of wort and boil it down to about half and add that to the boil kettle with the rest of the wort. 
Uh, so he's trying to get some kettle caramelization going on by boiling the thickest part of the mash. Yeah, that's what that means. That's yeah. what he did. I've course. seen that with with some yeah Scottish ales and things trying to you know like a wee heavy or something trying to trying to beef it up like that or some English. Did it's a question? Mm-hmm. Did he say when he added those whole apples? Um, he did in the secondary. Secondary. Yeah, for four days, um, and then he says make a caramel out of the LME and sugar. Okay, that makes mm. a lot more sense. Okay. Um, I was like, why would you put half a pound of LME That's in there when you could just throw some... Okay, whatever. Exactly. Um, so he's making a caramel sauce kind of um, out of the LME and the sugar, then add that to the boil 10 minutes before the end of the boil. Uh, his OG was 10.54. His final was 10.20, which kind of was surprising to me considering how dry the beer tasted. But I don't know, maybe... Not a good amount of, you know, enough residual sweetness to carry the flavors, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the spices will kind of dry it out a bit, mm-hmm. too. Okay. They should make that caramel again when he serves it and, and put it with a dessert, you know, make a beer-related des- dessert with the LME and the oh, yeah. the sugars and do put it again. over yeah. apple pie. Absolutely. Or over Maybe. some uh, vanilla ice cream that he's got. Yeah. Apple pie and ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, make man. a vanilla ice cream float with this stuff. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yummy. Actually, These, I'm, I'm yeah. wondering if the apples in the secondary, I mean, if you... If you put apples or fruit in your kettle, you can get pectins, which will haze like yeah. crazy. I'm kind of wondering if you might have got some of that. Secondary, I wouldn't necessarily think so, but... No, yeah, it, it, it shouldn't. The pectins shouldn't maybe, set like that, but... I don't know if you get much of that in cider if you boil that, so... Yeah, you can get a lot in cider. Yeah? Once, yeah, cider, you're pressing it out, and but yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're pressing it away from the fruit material, but here, the fruit material is going directly into the beer, so maybe some of that yeah. breaks down. I don't know, you know. Yeah. 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 I just made a real dumb joke again, sorry. <laughs> Um, Put it right over our heads. <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, Jeff's beer, his Weizenbach, or his Weizen Trappist. <laughs> I think is what it was. Uh, what what recommendations do we have for him? It was uh, a, some yeast, right? It would have been better with with some of those uh, this classic Weizenbach uh, banana clovey kind of flavors, right? Yeah, bump up that banana kind of classic flavor. Well, that, I, so actually, cloves were there, but go ahead. See, first off. Watch the sparge next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the first piece yeah. of advice. That's yeah, a good. That's so. a good point. Yeah. Yep, watch that sparge. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it did. It did need to me the the warmth that that was very intense, and I, maybe I'm sensitive to it um, with all the flavors that were going on and the dryness of it. To me, the balance was a little off overall, and it just it needed to be more balanced. It was. It was very dark, very very dry, and very warm mm-hmm. almost hot you know i mean while well, it was kind of hot so but that combination made for uh i mean the uh, uh you know a weizenbach can be uh warming and it should be warming uh, but it, it needs to be very smooth at the same time so to smooth this one out you know you you definitely want to take care of your yeast and and pitch up a, a big healthy yeast culture with the gravity that you obviously had in this uh you know maybe lighten up the gravity so the yeast doesn't have as much to chew through and you can get some of that smoothness that way and um yeah just um just carefully watch your fermentation temperature and keep it even and and you know you can gradually increase the fermentation temperature at the end of fermentation to get the um keep your yeast a little happier a little little longer and and kind of absorb some of the off flavors and and things that are going on going on yeah. from the beginning of the fermentation that get kicked out from the yeast so yeah but um yeah. Lee? well having got to where you got with it i mean to me the the darker character the cocoa flavor was was a little intense for this style maybe not that much but that along with the clovey phenols was kind of really that that synergy kind of 
makes that stick out more in the palate than it should with the cocoa and the clove. Um, so I think that was that was a little bit off-putting for me, I and mean, it wasn't really bad, but it w- really wasn't what I expected to be there. Um, and the, I mean, a good Weizenbach is going to be really mouth-filling, full, creamy, rich, even... Mm-hmm. The final gravity is only you know ten, fifteen, or sixteen, maybe twenty. I don't know. So it's not usually that high because these aren't these usually are like Doppelbach ten eighty, ten ninety beers. Usually ten seventy, ten eighty, something like that. Um, so a, a little fuller body, a little more would bring a little more creaminess, especially with the high carbonation levels you get in that, and all that wheat just pushes up a huge foamy head. And this beer doesn't have that. And given all the sugar in there, it's not surprising. Um, that's that's kind of what kept this from you know in terms of just going at it blind like I did at first from being a really good Weizenbach. It needed more of that fullness and creaminess and the, the yeast character to it. All right, pretty solid overall. Uh, well, I do want to thank Mark and uh, of course Jeff for again not only coming down in person uh, but to be bald with me, and I appreciate that a lot. Uh, no, seriously, thanks for bringing beer, guys. And um, if you guys uh, out there in beer radio land want to be guests on Doctor Homebrew. Just like Mark and Jeff, uh, email me at jp at thebringnetwork.com and I'll get you all the information you need. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This, of course, has been Dr. Homebrew.